What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. We're back. We're ready to go. We're excited as usual. Can't wait to get back into it. It's crazy. I was trying to prepare for this show and it was Wednesday. I usually record on Thursday night. And by Wednesday, I was like, I re- there's a few things I really wanted to talk about. But for the most part, I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't have a lot of huge talking points. This might be a shorter episode. And then an issue happened at my house with my, my puppies. I got that taken care of. And so here I am recording tonight. And in the past 24 hours... So much has happened and so much uh, that I'm able to add to tonight's show came from the past few hours or I guess one or two days. So loaded show, excited to get into it. Here we go. When there's a musical band, say rock and roll, jazz, doesn't matter, you've got a drummer, of course, he holds the beat. You've got a bass guitar hitting slap at the bass, getting some sick riffs in there. Have that those lows that guitars can't hit. And, you know, typically you might have a couple other instruments, but typically those are your two main instruments as well as a guitar player and a singer. Right. Take away the singer and what happens? Not much. It's still really good music. Yeah, singers and uh, lyrics, they're important. And that's the most popular music, that's for sure. But Trans-Siberian Orchestra sells a lot of records, okay? And they don't do a lot of singing. It's just music, and it's really good. Take away the drums. Kind of have an issue. I mean, you know... It's better with drums. You stay on beat. You got a nice rhythm back there. But you still got really good sounding music. Take away the bass guitar. Again, doesn't sound as great. Still really good. Take away the guitar. And let's just say we have a bass guitar, a drummer, and a singer. It's not going to sound great. It's not going to sound terrible, but it's not going to sound great. No one's going to buy that album and, and blast that in their car and just jam out. That's It's awkward sounding. That's what we witnessed the other night with Duke when Zion went down. Zion Williamson is the guitar to that band, and that band looked awkward, frazzled, and quite frankly like a different ball club. Not a club, it's a college team, but it looked like a different team without Zion. Now, I'm going to give this to them. He went down, it was shocking. They didn't expect it. 30 seconds in, didn't expect it. It's shocking playing your arch rival that deflates you. And so I don't believe what we saw, the performance we saw from Duke, is going to be what we see for the rest of the season. They still have two players that will more than likely be lottery picks, top five picks, in the NBA draft, and they have Trey Jones, who has a very good chance, if he continues the way he's playing, to be drafted as well. Very solid program, and they're going to be fine even if Zion does not play, which it's only a grade one knee sprain. He's fine. He's day-to-day, 
which essentially what that means is if he wakes up tomorrow feeling great, he probably has a chance to play if he wants to. Now, the question is, will he? Should he? What's the ethical thing to do? What's the smart business thing to do? Now, the answer to both of those, those are two different questions, ethics and business. Ethical would probably be to do what you committed to do and play the rest of the season with Duke. This is where I first stood with. This is the side I was on when it first happened. A great friend of the show, we've had him on here a few times, Easton Gray at Eastygram, said the opposite. He said he shouldn't play another game. I'd be done it. And I, I, I totally disagreed when he first said that. I, I, when it first happened, I was like, no, man, he, he's got to go play with his teammates. He's got to go win a title. But, but then I thought about it. I listened to some other takes. I listened to Easton. I read a little bit, read both sides. So clearly, if I already had an opinion on it, I should be able to read people with the same opinion and kind of strengthen mine. It didn't happen. I listened to the other side. I listened to Easton. I listened to some other people. And I would not play another game. I would choose the the side of business if I was Zion. And I think he should do this. I would not play another game for Duke. Because he made a commitment. And he's got friendships and teammates there. But every one of them would understand if he made the decision to not play again. Would they be frustrated? Probably. Would there create a little bit of resentment? Probably, but they would understand because Zion is a generational talent. He's a once-in-a-decade talent. I think I said it on the show last week. Might have been just in casual conversation, not on the show. When I watched him in high school, it was he was good, and it was clear he was good, but I wasn't impressed. I was like, he just kind of looks like a big guy that can dunk. Seeing him in college has completely shaped my opinion of Zion. He reminds me of what LeBron James looked like in high school. That's what he looked like. In, that's what he looks like in college. He is just completely obliterated in competition. He is clearly the best player in the country now. He his his skill set might not equate to what the NBA is necessarily looking for right now because he, he, as far as I can tell, he's not great at shooting the three. But he is so good at everything else. His defense is great. His hustle is great. He is dominant in the paint. He's a fine free throw shooter. Uh, I mean, he can change a franchise. And he can easily change the value of a franchise, which that's what these owners care about. They care about money. Of course, they want to win championships. But they they want money first and foremost. And he's going to be the number one pick whether he plays or not. So that being said, why would you play? Why would you risk being the number one pick? You've already proved that you are deserving of it. You've already played and given us what we need to see. When I say us, I'm, of course, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about NBA GMs and NBA front offices. He's going to be the number one pick. Don't risk it, man. That's millions on the line. And possibly because of now with the contract he could possibly get from Nike. Could you imagine if he doesn't sign with Nike? I mean, Nike's stock already dipped. Their shares already dipped just because of the shoe ripping. So now let's say Zion doesn't sign with Nike. 
whether it's because of this incident or not, it doesn't matter, is going to be taken as because of this, as a result of this. What's that going to do? That Now, Nike's fine. They're not going to die. They're not going to... They're going to be fine. They're still going to be worth a lot. But what? It, it, it's not going to help their stock. I can tell you that. It's not going to help their shares. So what does that mean for Nike? They have to offer him a crazy deal. So he's going to get rich off that. That's boom. That That's done. He's going to get money from Nike. No doubt. He's going to get a huge contract from Nike. He already was probably going to get that. It's going to be bigger now. And... Now, because of this, this is crazy. This has already been, like, the NBA has already been thinking. It's, it's funny. The NCAA takes a lot of flack for the whole one-undone thing. It's not their fault. It's the NBA's fault. The NBA has the rule that you have to be 19 to be drafted. It's already been a rumor that they're going to think about st- stopping that crap, which should have never been in place in the first place. They're just robbing the viewers and they're robbing college basketball of it's another whole another whole topic. But now, because of that, very next day, it was either yesterday or today, I believe it was yesterday, all of a sudden, the NBA officials are proposing to lower it back down to 18. Boom! Just like that, because of Zion Williamson's injury. It's incredible what can happen based on one moment that happens 30 seconds into one of the best rivalries in sports. Duke's going to be fine. With or without Zion, they will bounce back. They have the best coach in college basketball, and they still have a stacked roster. If Zion comes back, which I would not recommend him doing, I still believe that there's nobody that can beat them in March Madness in this tournament. And if he doesn't come back, I think it just makes the tournament that much more interesting because now Duke is still a contender, but they're a lot weaker than they were. Zion is the guitar in the band that is Duke basketball right now. And if he doesn't come back, they're going to have to figure something out because what we witnessed the other night was an awkward, awkward concert. I'm excited to see what happens. I love Coach K. I think they're going to figure it out. Let's find out. Let's switch over to the NFL. We are a few weeks into the offseason, and here we are still able to talk about it because of wonderful, wonderful players like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell who just don't let it rest. I love it. These two players are leaving the same team. Uh, Two fantastic talents. Both lucky enough to play together. And both unhappy with the organization, unhappy with the way it's ran, unhappy with yada, yada, yada. And they're both leaving. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking... At first, like like usual, I, I tend to change my mind a lot from my first thought of something. Sometimes not so much, but in this situation, it's another one of those situations. I'm thinking to myself, man, they did Le'Veon Bell wrong. They did him so wrong for not paying him what he wanted. And I know $70 million contract, very little was guaranteed. They did that man wrong for being 
I mean, he, 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 I saw a stat recently where he is the most scrimmage yards per game of any player in NFL history with a minimum of 50 games. He's a, he's above Jim Brown. He's a freak. He's a very good player. And Antonio Brown is, is a fantastic talent, one of the best wide receiver talents I believe we've ever seen. Top 10 could be argued. He's got the stats. He's got the talent. He's got the skill. And he's got the tape. I mean, he he's a fantastic player. They are both crazy for leaving the Steelers. I've... I have gotten over my original opinion to come to this conclusion that they are both nuts for leaving the Steelers. Take Le'Veon Bell, for example. First of all, he's leaving because of money. Why pay? And it stinks because I I believe every player should get what they deserve. But in today's NFL, why pay running backs? when Look at the two Super Bowl teams. One, the Rams paid a fortune to their starting running back and didn't get anything from him for virtually the entire playoffs. They got it all from a C.J. Anderson. They had to pick up for a tiny contract when Gurley was hurt. So, and then look at the other team. They're running back by committee. They've got three running backs that... They are constantly splitting the load with. And they ain't paying none of them. <laughs> I believe Sony Michelle is the highest paid one in that group, and he's a, he's a rookie because he, he was picked in the first round. I mean, what's the point of paying running backs when the league has proven that you don't need to? I was looking at something crazy. Most of the top 10 highest paid running backs in the league didn't make the playoffs this year. So I get it. Like They should be compensated for their for their performance and for their production, but it's not doing anything for the most part for W's. It's not a good formula for W's. If anything, I believe uh, wide receivers should get paid a little bit more because it's a passing league. The rule changes, the, the catch rule changes. I mean, teams need good wide receivers now, but... but I, I'm not going to get into that argument. I'm just talking about Le'Veon Bell. He's leaving because of money. And the Steelers kind of had it right. They said, well, I mean, I know you want money. We're going to give you the the opportunity to get a lot if you produce a lot. He didn't like that because he's already produced a lot. Well, well, yeah, you produce a lot, but we haven't won any Super Bowls with you. So, and then on top of that, look at all these teams with great running backs that they're paying, and they're not doing much. So, I mean, I get where the Steelers are coming from now. Lev Bell, the reason I believe he's crazy for leaving is because the Steelers have had a really good offensive line for him. His run style is very patient. We know this. We haven't seen anything like it in the history of the sport. We've never seen a running back get the ball and look like, it it truly looks like besides his feet kind of going, he kind of, he doesn't really chop his feet. He kind of bounces on them a little bit. It almost looks like he holds still. He just stops moving in the backfield. Then he finds the crease and he hits it. And it's spectacular to watch. It is it's a ama- it really is amazing. But he can't do that behind any old offensive line. It's it's only gonna work behind a good offensive line. So 
you see these teams like the Bucks and the Jets kind of front runners for landing Lev Bell. Good luck with that run style behind those offensive lines, specifically the Jets. Good luck. <laughs> it's not going to be good. I, I mean, he's in a perfect situation where he's at. He's got playmakers all around him to take attention away from him. He's got a quarterback that showed more than enough willingness to get him the ball. And he's got an offensive line that has really done wonders for his career. Now, A.B., on the other hand, is leaving because he kind of has... He hasn't even said it's it's like a falling out with Big Ben. It's more that he doesn't like the way Big Ben carries himself as a leader, how he's able to call people out. He's able to do this, that, and the other, where if anybody else did that, they would get cut or suspended or fined or whatever. And he's he just, from what AB's saying, there, there's no there's no consequence for Big Ben when he kind of shows some antics. Sorry to break it to you, man. That's how it works to be a future Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> you kind of get to not do what you want, but you kind of get to have your own leadership style. Tom Brady barks at teammates and coaches. There's video from this year of him yelling at Josh McDaniel. That's how it is, man. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Big Ben is going to be a Hall of Famer. Kind of gets to to lead the way he wants. You get some things that way. And I get you're one of you're an all-time great wide receiver. It's just it's just different. It's just a different position. On top of that, AB, I looked at an interesting stat. He he was not uber productive. He was okay his first three years. He had kind of his first and third year were eh, meh. And then his second year, he he broke a thousand yards. He played well. But they were none of them were extravagant. They were just I mean, his best season was slightly above average that, that second season. First and second were mediocre. Uh, they did not have a running back or a running game, for that matter, those first three years. I found that interesting. Year three, here comes Lev Bell. All of a sudden, Antonio Brown has not looked the same since. He has been absolutely fantastic. Something else he's also had by his side in all those all of his years of of crazy production is other at least one other wide receiver really it's one main wide receiving target next to him to take some pressure off so he kind of has Lev Bell and one whether it's Martavius Bryant it was Emmanuel Sanders one year um the years he was kind of mediocre no running game and a plethora of receiving targets for Big Ben there, there was too many he had Mike Wallace uh Heath Miller I mean, he, he had, there was just too many people to get the ball to, and, and so A.B. was just kind of, he was not the go-to guy. I mean, he's in a perfect situation. He's got a big-armed quarterback that loves to push it down the field, loves to get him the ball. He's got Juju taking a ton of eyes off of him, a ton of attention off of A.B., and he's got well, had Lev Bell, now has James Conner, who's a very, very good running back. I just think he's crazy for leaving, for wanting to leave. I mean, he's in a great situation. On top of all this, for both these players, two players that are known to be in the spotlight, Lev Bell for some off-the-field issues that he's struggled with the past few years, and A.B. for being just kind of a diva, is they have the most laid-back, well, maybe kind of up there with 
Pete Carroll, the most laid-back coach in the league who is willing to deal with this stuff. Not a lot of coaches will deal with this garbage. Mike Tomlin will, and he does, and he does it well. He's actually very good at leading this bunch, which there's not a ton of drama. I mean, Big Ben kind of has his own, LeBell and AB. Outside of that, Juju, who will now take kind of AB's place, not a lot of drama. James Conner, no drama. I mean, it's going to get a lot quieter at that organization once these two guys leave. And they're not going to go to a team. I mean, Adam Gase isn't going isn't gonna to deal with it. If, if, if Lev Bell goes to the Jets, Adam Gase got rid of Jarvis Landry for a little bit of drama. Not even close to the drama that Lev Bell's had in the past in his career. He ain't going to deal with it. Maybe you think Kyle Shanahan's going to deal with it with the 49ers if that's where AB ends up? Good luck. It's not how he leads. That's not that's not the type of coach he is. I don't know. The it just I look at the situation and at first, like I said, in in both cases, I kind of thought, eh, they deserve to leave. I, I'm pro player mobility, so I like players get, getting kind of have a a handle on what they do, and I, and I like that. But I think both of their reasons are just are wild. I, I don't, I don't love it. And I mean, Lev Bell, I understand more than because I he 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 has produced so much. He deserves a big contract, but I I just understand where the Steelers are coming from. So, I don't know. I think these guys are crazy. I wouldn't do it if I was them. I think they're both in a great position where they're at with the Steelers. But they're both gone. And I would not be surprised if neither looked the same from here on out for the rest of their careers. Quick, I do want to hit on something in the NFL that's happened today. This is going to be really fast. Not going to linger on it. It's not a very cheery topic. But Robert Kraft... As you might have heard over the past couple of days, well, happened just today, Friday is when I'm recording. He was charged with soliciting prostitution. Uh, not much more has come out other than those words, and his camp is denying any illegal activity. But I do want to say that this is, if innocent until proven guilty, but if this comes out that he is guilty and this happened, what? Where do you go from here? I, I'm not sure how the system runs, but are are is he still is he still able to own an NFL team? And I'm I'm not just coming as a Dolphin fan, not wanting the Patriots to be good anymore. Because I've said it before, I'm just I just want to enjoy greatness, so I don't mind the Patriots being good anymore. But the, if he is found guilty and is still able to lead that organization. I don't know, man. And maybe I need to be educated a little bit more about what these allegations are and what they actually entail, but it just doesn't sound good to me. And something else I want to touch on, I I enjoy Barstool Sports. I think they're funny. I think uh, I think what Dave Portnoy has created there is is cool. It's funny. It's a great perspective on sports. It's a little raunchy. I don't recommend it to anybody who's easily offended and they can be over the top, but they are they're funny. And it's it's good stuff, and they even have good takes here and there. I mean, most of the time, they have they're not just wildly. Cra- I mean, they do some dumb little little bits that are just really funny, but but their takes are good. They're intelligent, and they know their sports. But Dave Portnoy and the, and the, the you know Barstool Sports kind of came out with a shirt really quick after this. I mean, just today, it just happened today, and they're already out with a shirt, free craft, 
And I gotta say, if if you put that shirt out once he's he's found innocent, drop charges. Okay, whatever, fine. But you're gonna put it out now for real, like when it's kind of thought that he is guilty. And, and I, I saw El Prez, Dave Portnoy. I mean, he he was upset about it, like that that the whole thing is happening. And it's like I just feel like he's taking it too lightly. Like this is an issue, prostitution, sex trafficking. All this stuff is, is kind of an issue. So, I and again, I don't know the situation yet or well enough. I just if the, if he if he is guilty, and it is what we think it is bad, and it is kind of a bad situation. This is going to be, I think, probably a big hit for Barstool. I I just don't love it, and I really like their stuff, but that rubbed me the wrong way. And I just, I thought it was insensitive, and I thought, like, just poor timing. And and they, that's kind of their thing. That's their shtick is to be really outlandish and kind of really controversial. But I did not like that at all. So I don't know. We'll see where this unfolds and what happens. And it could end up being, like, he is innocent, nothing happened, and it's funny. But And they were 100% right. It, it could cut. And I hope that's what happens. But from what we know so far... That doesn't look promising. I just, I didn't like where they went with that. All right. We're going to move right over to the NBA. What did I say a couple weeks ago? We're going to, we're going to bounce over to the NBA. We're going to, we're going to swish over. Get it instead of switch. We're going to swish over to the NBA. Okay, I'm done. Uh, A few Stories here. I'm going to talk a little bit about 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 LeBron James because Anthony Davis, LeBron. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about LeBron James and the Lakers. Uh, he did come out and say recently because of the situation they're in, because of his injury, they're kind of three games out of the playoffs. He's going to kind of go into playoff form early, earlier than he thought. I don't think we've ever had a player so bold, and I like LeBron, but this is almost. Too arrogant for me. So bold to just blatantly admit I play so I play softer and <laughs> with less effort the rest of the season than I do when it's time like for the playoffs and, and crunch time at the end of the regular season. Yikes. But he did. He said, I'm I'm kicking it in a gear. And boy was he telling the truth. They were down on uh, playing the Houston Rockets. They were down late in the game and and he carried them to a victory, and the Rockets have been, as far as W's go, they're kind of hit. They did go on a pretty good streak, but now the past five, ten games, been kind of hit or miss. Maybe five hundred, uh, but but James Harden is obviously going off. Very good basketball team, very hard team to beat, and uh, the Lakers in <laughs> LeBron's first game back from the All Star break, they took it. LeBron twenty nine points, eleven rebounds, six assists, absolutely dominated. Uh, Kuzma played really well with eighteen points. Six rebounds and five assists, and I don't know what got into Brandon Ingram, but he popped off for 27 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, it looks like what we I kind of thought this team would fall apart after the Anthony Davis thing, the the whole <laughs> trading the whole farm for Anthony Davis, and uh, and it looks like LeBron, like I said, is gonna be the lead, is gonna be a big enough leader to keep them together. I don't know. This could just be. Kind of first game back, maybe the Houston Rockets kind of struggled in their their game back from the All Star break. I don't know, 
But I mean, if this is any, if this is any picture of what we're going to get for the rest of the season from the Lakers, I think we were right. I think LeBron is going to hold the team together. He's going to be able to lead them to a playoff berth. I'm going to say it. If if that now obviously if they just kind of eh from here on out and that was just a big game back, whatever. But if that's any inclination of what they'll look like for the rest of the season, they're going to be a tough team to beat going into the playoffs and. I mean, they have a good chance here to go win five or six out of their next seven or eight. I mean, they have a lot of winnable games coming up. They do have a lot of tough ones too, but they're sprinkled in. They're not like, they don't really have a ton of tough games in a row. They actually have a lot of winnable games, a lot of games against not great opponents, and they could really heat up here. And I'm going to say it right now, I do believe they will take a playoff spot. Don't know how high that'll be. I think they can get as high as seven. Don't know if they can get any higher than that, but but we'll see. And I'm not expecting them to even win a series, but um, especially if they're that low, if they're seventh or eighth seed. But they looked good last. They they looked good last night. They played really well. They had chemistry. They fought, and LeBron. I mean, LeBron looks healthy. He looks back to normal. In other news in the NBA, huge story out. KG, as in Kevin Garnett, admits to putting him in the U.S. Olympic team put a bounty on Yao Ming in the 2000 Olympics. Let that sink in. Now think, that's what I read. I read that, and wow, was it clickbait? Wow, am I happy I clicked it? It's a great story. What it was is KG and the rest of the 2000 Olympic U.S. Olympic team put a bounty, basically a pot, a bet of who would yam on Yao Ming first in the Olympics. As in, for you, for you old timers out there, yam means dunk. Who would dunk on Yao Ming first in the 2000 Olympics? And it's it, the great part about it. I remember Yao Ming because kind of the early 2000s, I I didn't watch. I mean, I was young. I was seven, eight years old, so I didn't watch basketball as religiously as I do now. I kept up with football like crazy, but uh, I know my dad was a Magic fan. I didn't really get into basketball, though, until a little little later on. Um, So I didn't watch much basketball in the early 2000s. Obviously, Yao Ming's prime. I watched kind of mid-2000s to late. And I just remember Yao being this tall, seven foot six guy who was just kind of soft. He just kind of, just kind of was down low, blocked a shot every now and then. But for his height, he should have blocked every shot. And wasn't a great offensive player. Pass pretty, he could pass pretty well for his height. Obviously, kind of give him an advantage in the passing uh, as a passer. But I, I just remember him not being that great because I remember T Mac going over to the to the Houston Rockets. I was, he was my favorite player with the Magic. He went to the Rockets, so I kind of followed him. Not, I didn't follow him as a fan, but I followed his career over there and, and loved watching him. And I was just like, man, he really doesn't get help from this this Yao Ming guy uh, for this for all his seven foot six is worth. And also playing, I, I played NBA live back in the day, two thousand five, I believe was the my was the one I I like really grinded on. And he was awful, man. Yao Ming was just awful you could block shots with him pretty easily but gosh good luck making anything like even dunks he struggled with if he had a defender on him 
he really didn't make a lot of dunks. I mean, it, so I think that's where it comes from, where I was just like, yeah, I'm making no good. But I say all that in that long-winded explanation of my past to say he was great in the early 2000s. He was a very good player. And nobody on the USA men's basketball team could dunk on him. He, the, he, KG said none of us could do it. Now, this is KG, like Hall of Fame, first ballot KG. He is. He said none of us could do it. We either went up and got blocked or we went up and he just played too good a defense, so we missed. We, we rimmed out. We didn't even come close. I mean, I think that's such a funny story, just this pot of money amongst all these millionaire NBA players on the U.S. Olympics team. Like, let's go yam on our boy. And they just couldn't do it. Yao Ming just dominated them. Of course they won. I mean, USA. 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 I mean, I don't know if anybody will ever beat us in basketball in the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, awesome story. I thought it was really funny. Wanted to share. All right, been trying out new segments every week, trying to keep them written down. I just want to say I apologize for rapid randos last week. I kept saying random randos and like how crappy of me, like get it together. At least if you're going to do a if you're going to do a new segment, at least like know what it's called. I called it the wrong thing like 5 times. So that one might not come back simply because of that. And I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the segment. I might have to either think of a new name or or get it right next time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it one more chance. You heard it here. One more chance. This week, we are introducing... I'm going to actually take a trip back to school where you got grades. Except you only get two grades here. Pass or fail. That's what I'm going to call this segment. Pass or fail. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to a few takes, a few opinions I had, and we're going to see how they turned out. We're going to see if I am a good student, if I am going to the next grade, or if I will end up dropping out of high school. Well, I guess in this case, sports school. So pass or fail, here we go. First topic, Tennessee is not the number one Team in college basketball. I passed with flying colors, obviously. They got wiped by Kentucky. Kentucky's a very good basketball program. I get it. But this is the same Kentucky that got absolutely obliterated by Duke. So let's just let's take a look at that. Tennessee was ranked number one over Duke. They got wiped by a team that got wiped by Duke. I was right. Nothing you can say about it. I'm sorry, you Tennessee fans out there. Tennessee is not the number one team. They will be a good high seed in the tournament. They will play well, but I will eh, they'll play well in the first game. I think they could be gone as soon as the second game, maybe the third. Topic number two. Steelers would work it out with A B. Remember I said they have to do it. He's A B. He is Antonio freaking Brown. They're gonna do it. Don't worry about it. I was absolutely wrong. It only escalated from there. Uh, I absolutely was wrong. I fail. I'm getting held back in this class. Got to retake it. AB's gone. I mean, from posting on Instagram, I'm out to, you know, the first thing I want to do is talk to Mr. Rooney. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to work it out. He wants to be, he wants to kind of salvage his thing and comes out of it smiling, happy, armor on Mr. Rooney. We both decided it's time to move on. I'm out. (laughs) 
I was totally wrong. Not even close. I apologize. I will study better next time. Topic number three, Zion is Duke's best player. Going into it, he wasn't even the top-ranked recruit. Okay, It was, I believe, R.J. Barrett followed by Cam Reddish. Maybe vice versa. I, I'm sorry about that. It's, they might be flipped. Regardless, Zion was three on most boards. He was the third-ranked player in the country. And I think after seeing them play, as good as Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett are, and as, as well as I think their games will translate to the NBA, they're going to be great NBA players. They're going to be really good. They're not transformative. They will not go to a team and immediately have an impact. They just won't. Zion will. He will go. He can score 20-25 to 25 a game his rookie season in the NBA. He is absolutely the best player we that Duke has. I almost said we. I'm not a Duke fan. I'm a Miami fan. We stink this year. He is the best player Duke has. Hands down, I passed. I'm graduating. Mom, we made it. Here we go. <laughs> Good gosh. Topic number four, Lakers would get AD. And again, these topic, these are these were my takes. I'm saying what my takes were. I'm sure you understood that. I said the Lakers would get AD by the trade deadline. Boy, was I wrong. They hoodwinked not only the Lakers, they hoodwinked me. And I think they hoodwinked a lot of people. I think the consensus was that he would end up with the Lakers sooner rather than later. I still think he could end up with the Lakers, kind of. He's saying, obviously, the Knicks are on equal playing field. But boy, did I fail. I did not study well. I, I, I need to retake the test or I am going to flunk out of sports school. They did not get AD, and not only did they not get them, but the Pelicans actually absolutely played them, made them put all their chips on the table, and really caused rift in the team. I think they're salvaging it right now, but, man, I, I failed on that one. I apologize. Number five, my take was Saquon Barkley would be Offensive Rookie of the Year, even though I believe Baker was more valuable to the Browns than he was to the Giants. I was right. This is not a big one. I think this was the kind of general consensus, but still, um, it was something I felt strongly about. I did believe because there was a lot of Baker fans. I like Baker as well, but kind of thinking that he because he was more valuable to the Browns than than Saquon was to the Giants. But Saquon's numbers were just ridiculous. Um, it, it really his rookie numbers this year kind of combat some of the great rookie seasons. He he played fantastic. I passed. You're welcome. Hope you won some bets off that. Number, what is this? Number six? Sure. Yeah, number six. I said that LeBron's, well, basically I said that for the All-Star weekend, LeBron kind of drafted this team in order. He was kind of setting himself up to tamper and kind of get some of these guys to him. Boy, did I fail. Not only did he, I don't know if he tried. He could have. No no one's in those rooms at all times with him. He could have tried, but it looked like it backfired. It looked like one of the guys he wanted to, kind of wants to reunite with Kyrie, hit it off with Kevin Durant. And apparently they're they're already close. But, I mean, there was a lot that came out about, I guess, in the tunnel at one point. Him and Kevin Durant were talking about two max deals, two max deals. Where would they be able to get two max deals? Not the Lakers. Oh, the Knicks. <laughs> they could go to the Knicks and get two max deals. I apologize. I was way off on this. Not only did LeBron not get to tamper, I'm not saying it like he should. It's against the rules. But 
not only did he not accomplish what I thought he was trying to accomplish, it was the opposite. It got these players together and they got to talk about possibly what they could do together without LeBron. I mean, I believe LeBron is the best player I've ever seen, and I believe he I believe he's a better all-around basketball player than Jordan was. I do, and we will talk about that at a later episode. But he I, I might have to eventually, when his career is over, depending on what happens, I might not be able to argue that. Jordan's argument is just based on the fact that it doesn't seem anybody wants to play with him, and if nobody wants to play with him, he can't win a championship on his own. He can't do it. Jordan couldn't do it. No one can do it. I mean, so and nobody wants to play with him, so how is he ever going to be able to kind of cement himself as the best player ever without a couple more championships, at least one or two more? If no one's going to play with him, and of course AD wants to, that's out of his control, and it just stinks that the guy that does want to play with LeBron kind of can't choose for himself right now. And I was I was off, man. LeBron not only did not get to kind of woo people to him, but they kind of found each other, kind of like going on a blind date. And then <laughs> the two people that you kind of went with, you kind of brought a friend like, oh, it's a double blind date. I need you to come with me. And it's like, shoot, my friend kind of hit it off with my blind date and his blind date was kind of no fun either so I'm left with nobody and he got my blind date great that did not work out for LeBron and I was wrong I failed last but not least I'm going to bring up Luka it is my goal to talk about Luka Doncic every show for the rest of my life if he for the rest of his career I hope I can do that oh shoot I hope I I don't forget to put in my notes for next week Luka has a better step back than James Harden I'm saying it. This is <laughs> this is still an opinion, but I am saying that I'm right. I pass. I believe it is. I believe the separation he gets from the defense. And James Harden has a nasty step back. He does. But Luka, you don't see him getting blocked. You don't see his shot getting blocked. Harden got absolutely locked down and smothered and erased by Okogi. Oh, rookie. And it happens to Harden a lot. I mean, you kind of... I was looking for that block. I wanted to watch it again. I looked it up. James Harden gets blocked. You get a ton of videos. And I know players get their shots blocked. Jordan, James Harden gets blocked quite a bit. Okay, a lot, a lot are on his drives. But still, there's a few step backs that he gets He gets into. He just, the space, he does create a lot of space. And he's quick. He's got a quick step back, quick release. Luca could step back, eat a sandwich, get a tan, go to the grocery store, feed his dog, and take a nap, wake up, hit snooze, and shoot a shot. I mean, he gets so much space. It's unreal. I'm sticking to it. I don't care that it's an opinion or it's subjective. It's objective to me. It's a fact. I pass this one. (laughs) Watch, he's going to get blocked this week. Great. That wraps up pass-fail. I'm right a lot. I'm wrong a lot probably wrong more than I'm right but I like to point out my right sometimes just so I can feel good all right uh it appears that is all we've got today it was a blast hanging with y'all thank you so much for making me a part of your day Uh, I know it's been a little weird the past couple weeks I've been releasing a little late uh Valentine's Day last week little puppy emergency this week and also kind of changed the website that I'm going through. So there's a little bit, my first episode kind of disappeared for anybody that, that just started listening and wants to go back. I'm, I'm going to get it up and running eventually. 
trying to work on that right now. Um, but come on, s- send us some mailbags. I-, I still haven't been able to do mailbag yet. We don't have a lot. Uh, I talk to a lot of people a lot about different ideas, but I don't get a lot of DMs. So go ahead and uh, hop in. at. Uh, you can do it on Instagram or Twitter. Both handles are the same, at TakeItLeaveItBH, at TakeItLeaveItBH. Give me some comments. Give me some topics. Give me some questions. Give me some love. Give me some hate. I'll take all of it. It's fine with me. And I'd love to read from some of it and, and kind of put it on the show. It was a blast as usual. You guys are great. Love you much. Talk to you next week.